Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show. It's Tuesday night, which of course means it's the Beers and Cheers Show. As always, I'm Ryan Moreland here uh, with my partner in crime, Amos Conway. How are you doing tonight, Amos? Doing good, doing good. Been a busy day, long day. Ready to get the show going. Good deal, good deal. So tonight we're going to cover all of uh, the bracket. We're going to break down the... March Madness, the men's basketball bracket, uh, give you some tips, uh, what we think, some possible upsets, and and uh, some teams to watch out for. Um, as always, we have the text line open. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can text into the show. Uh, the number is 740. Um, hold on here. just jumped away for me. Alright, I'm trying to bring it up now, but my computer doesn't want to cooperate. But anyway, we'll move on and I'll get you the Was number. it like two? I'll give the, I'll bring it up in a second. Is that what it is? Well, I'll bring it up here in a second anyway, but we can, as always, it's still the Beers and Cheers show, so we'll talk about what we are drinking tonight. Amos, so what are you having tonight? I actually stopped on my way home and picked up a six-pack of Heineken. So, something a little different, something to kind of relax on. I like Miss Heineken. Not bad. I'm a fan of. I used to date this girl, and her grandmother drank like Heineken religiously, and like you just go over and hang out with grandma, and like bring a twelve or Heinies with you, and it was it was always a good time. Uh, <laughs> I am a. Uh, I am still drinking that nitro. I went back and got more of that Sam's at Sam Adams. The nitro white ale, uh, really good stuff. I'm really, really. That like is this very good up. stuff. Uh, all right, I got the number for you. Everybody listening at home, seven four zero two zero six eight eight five zero. You want to text in, give us your opinion. We'd love to hear from you tonight. Um, as we said, we got the bracket show coming up for you. We're gonna break down all of it, uh, so you can send in your thoughts or if you have. Uh, a question that you're looking at your own bracket, something that you can't, uh, something that has you stuck, has you questioning what you should do, uh, you know, definitely let us know. Also, right before we start the show, we do have the bracket challenge. If you go to Yahoo, um, on the Yahoo, Yahoo.com, you go to their bracket and you click uh, join a private group. It'll ask you for an ID and a number. The ID is thirteen fifteen eighty one. That is one three one five eight one. The password is free parking. F R E E P A R R K I N G. All one word. Uh, it's free to play, and there's gonna there's def there's prizes. We're getting more and more prizes every day, but there's gonna be guest spots on the show um, for different shows that we're doing. Um, there's going to be gift cards. Uh, so I know we're doing a gift card to Buffalo Wild Wings. There's going to be a gift card 
gift card to uh, Dunham's, uh, and there's more and more stuff coming in every day, uh, and more ideas. Um, so a lot of cool stuff that you can possibly win by playing, and it's free to play. There's no charge for you to play. So go then there, put your bracket on, um, and see how you do. Me and Amos, uh, of course, Peter Rich, all put our brackets on there, so you'd be able to compete against us. So we're not gonna tell you exactly who we have picked tonight. So you can't, don't have. Um, an advantage over us, but we are gonna say uh, some possible upsets and in, in who we think, if you know, you need to look out for and um, and whatnot. So we're gonna start in the south uh, section here of this. The one seed, of course, in that group being Kansas, uh, Villanova, Miami, uh, um, California, Maryland. And Arizona round out the top six. Uh, a lot of quality teams in this side of the bracket. Um, so first, obviously, let's talk about Kansas here. Really, really great team. They ended up being the, the number one seed overall. Um, what do you think, Amos, their odds are making it uh, all the way to the final? Or let's say final four. What do you think their odds are? I think their odds are... Very, very good. I mean, they're an extremely well-coached team with Self there, and they just—he's always got his team prepared. He always has them ready. When it seems like whenever you see Kansas ranked where they're ranked, when they go into the tournament, they always seem to do extremely, extremely good. I think it's another year of them being prepared. They got some very, very good players on that team: young players, seniors, juniors. I think there's a lot of—I think their depth is really, really good. The only thing that worries me about Kansas in any bit is the fact that they, there were a couple games that they lost this season, probably a few actually, where you just kind of like tilted your head and looked at it like, oh, that probably shouldn't happen. But that's earlier. This is now. I think they have an absolute great chance to be there at the Final Four. I do too. I'm going to agree with you. Um, <clears throat> they do have to face some tough teams. You know, I, the teams I just mentioned, Maryland's got a really solid team when they play at their best. Um, Nova, of course, we've seen a great season for Villanova. Arizona, kind of a sleeper at six. Um, you know, they're probably gonna have to, they're gonna have to face UConn or Colorado uh, coming out of the second game. Uh, and there's two solid teams there. Um, Miami also the three seed, a very good team. So there's a lot of talent here uh, on this side, on the south end of the bracket. Uh, before we move on here, I was gonna say. Um, we're not our bracket challenge is not going to cover the first four games, um, only round uh, one, starting at round one. Um, but tonight is the actual start of March Madness, the first four game that went down tonight, and we already have the final score: uh, FGCU uh, over FDU, ninety-six to sixty-five. So they handled business tonight. A huge win. And they'll uh, advance to take on North Carolina um, in their next game. So you know, probably going to be the end of uh, of their of their uh, March Madness there. But it's nice to get a, a big win like that. You know, a gigantic thirty point thirty one point victory to start out in this first four bracket. A very good move for them. Of course, we still have one more game. It's starting about uh, twenty minutes, a little bit less than that. You have uh, 11 seeds, which Wichita State and Vanderbilt taking going against each other. Um, I'm going to ask you real quick, Amos, I don't know if you picked these or, or not. I did in, in some of the pools that I've done and just 
with my family and stuff just for fun. Uh, and I did have FGCU uh, winning tonight. It's uh, Florida Gulf Coast University. Um, I also have Wichita State. Who did you have in, in these first four games? I actually, because they're not in our bracket, I didn't. I haven't done any other brackets. Uh, like I said, man, I've been so busy. I haven't really been able to look at anything much. But didn't Florida Gulf Coast go on like a run last year, the year before? Um, if I'm not mistaken, they made it last year. Uh, I feel like they sure. went on a run. Somehow. They do have a good team. They have talent. Um, but they're going to have to play UNC next. I'll just, for the people that are listening, I picked Wichita State in this next game. Picked Michigan uh, over Tulsa tomorrow and Southern over Holy Cross. Although I was really on the fence for that Holy Cross, uh, uh, Holy Cross Southern University matchup. But getting back into the South here, we talked about Kansas. Uh, what's one team in here that you think could end up being a sleeper? A team that's you know got a, a lower rank that could end up coming out of this uh, South section here. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's Iowa. I know they're, they're a seven seed. That surprised me. Because uh, they had a good season. And I thought they were God, they were one of my picks to get one of the top seeds. I, I don't, like I said, I don't really pay attention that much recent last couple weeks. I don't know if they fell off or anything, but now they played in the Big Ten tough division. At one point, they were like in top three of the division or conference. Sorry, and I think they're a team that could very, very well go very far. They got a lot of talented players on that team. They play solid defense. I think they're a team that could absolutely jump out of the South and surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, they're not someone that I have picked here, um, but you know they do have a talented squad. Uh, definitely a good bunch of guys. I have I have two sl- uh, sleepers here. I got like a, kind of a light sleeper and then a deep sleeper for you guys. Um, first one, my light sleeper, Maryland. You know, five seeds, not that much of a sleeper. But this team, when they do play uh, to their best of their ability, they're really good. You got to remember, this is you know beginning of the season. This is one of the top teams in college basketball. Uh, Melo's a fantastic player. When he's on and that team really plays around him, uh, they're a very, very tough team to beat. Um, you know, I was very impressed with the uh, They were able to do it at the beginning of the season. They're good behind the arc, too. Like, real yeah, good. exactly. Uh, really impressed with what they did in the beginning of the season, and it kind of fell off a little bit, but they ended up, uh, you know, finishing a pretty solid season, and they're a pretty tough team. My deep sleeper in this one, Wichita State, and I like Arizona, who is gonna, who they're going to end up matching with. Wichita State, though, this team has a lot of experience playing in this uh, this bracket. Um, they do have to play in the first four game, which I think definitely hurts them. You play an extra game that nobody else has to, or you know that only uh, three other teams uh, that are moving on had to play in, so it really hurts uh, them. I think. Once you get into like the second, third, fourth game, you you have another game uh, edge over a lot of these teams. But early in, I think that they could have um, they could have some luck. And I do. Arizona's a tough team, and I think that they kind of got rubbed with a six seed. But Wichita State does have a lot of experience in March. Uh, you know, they have played a lot of March basketball. Um, 
on this squad. So, and that you definitely see that taking an effect in some of these teams. Uh, when we get in towards later in the brackets, uh, you see these teams that have been there before um, winning again uh, quite often. Um, <clears throat> so, without giving away like some of the picks that you made here, uh, we'll go real quick through uh, these games. Um, just real quick through each game here. Kansas, uh, Austin Path, I think, I think everybody knows who we picked here. You know, a 16 seed's never beaten a one seed. Uh, Kansas <laughs> is, is the obvious choice here. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I feel bad for that Austin Bay having to go up against Kansas. It's just not going to be. I mean, it could be a good game. I highly doubt it. But, yeah, I would assume everybody's going to have everybody in the country except for, like, one person's going to have that pick. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Uh, moving on here to the 8-9 game, Colorado-UConn. Very good game here. Uh, this is definitely one that I went back and forth on. Uh, it was a very tough choice. Two solid teams here. Uh, what did you think about this matchup? Really like the matchup, and I agree. I think out of the South, this is probably the best first, you know, the 64 matchup out of the South. All the other teams, you know, there's quite a big of a gap between there. But the 8-9 Colorado, UConn, man, I, I really hope this is as good of a game as it looks like it's going to be because I, I'm the same way. I flipped back and forth, and I finally decided on one, but, man, it took me. God, it was probably the longest one. I, I can't tell you how many times I flipped back and forth, but I, I hope it's going to be a real good game, and it should be. Absolutely. Uh, Colorado it just shows you how close they are. Their IPR ranks, Colorado RPI rank of 35, UConn at, at 37. So that shows you how tight that is between those two teams, only two spots in between them. Uh, moving on here, uh, Maryland, South Dakota State. Uh, you know, South Dakota State has their hands full, but we see, um, you know, we have seen 12 seeds upset, five seeds uh, definitely have seen it before. Um, a tough Maryland school. What did you think about this matchup? Uh, I know we've seen App. I'm not, don't know too. I uh, lost Amos there. We'll have him back in a second. Uh, sorry about that. I don't know too much. Sorry about that. I don't know too much about South Dakota State. Well, I'm going to go with Maryland. I mean, you just brought them up. Very, very good team. Very good behind the arc. I think they're going to be way too tough, and I think uh, Maryland should roll right through it and be all right. I don't – I see there being – I mean, obviously they're going to always be a challenge, but I think Maryland's just too good, too well coached, and too much talent. Yeah, um, the Jackrabbits, South Dakota State, they do have – they do play good defense, are, are uh, a smart team. Um, they get rebounds. They limit termo- turnovers. It's a well-coached team. Uh, but just the gap in talent is, is pretty substantial. It's going to be hard for them to overcome that. Uh, moving on here, number four seed Cal taking on the uh, 13 seed Hawaii. Um, this is another game, another two teams here that have, have a pretty wide margin in talent. Would you agree with that, Amos? Yeah, I absolutely do. I, I agree. Uh, lose Damus again there. Uh, the, uh, Sorry, I'm having all kinds of connection issues tonight. I don't know what's going on. My apologies. Sorry, I man. I absolutely do. I I agree. I like Cal and Hawaii. Uh, I think Cal obviously gets out of this game easily, but I will say that I'm not a big fan of Cal overall for the tournament. 
Yeah, um, <clears throat> actually right now, the four seeds, uh, last two years straight, haven't lost to a 13 seat. They said it, uh, it's the first time uh, that ever that uh, a 13 seed has failed to defeat a four seed uh, in back-to-back years. Interesting fact there. Uh, very good Cal team. Um, playing out in the Pac-12, uh pretty good conference you know not at the best but definitely uh in the conversation of of pretty strong and basketball um you know they they do some things uh very well they have a very good defense they do turn the ball over uh more than they should though that if hawaii wants to win that's going to be a key for them is to get the ball out of cow's hands as much as possible moving on here it's going to be uh, the six eleven game here, Arizona, your six seed. The eleven seed will either be Wichita State or Vanderbilt. Whoever wins the game that uh, starts in just about five minutes here. What do you What do you have to say about uh, this matchup here, Amos? Uh, well, I I think whoever goes Arizona is going to get out there with the win. I have my idea who I think I think Vandy's going to win that game. But, like you said, Wichita State's got a lot of experience. You know, they're a very smart team as well. They got a lot of, I guess, I would say they got a lot of underrated players on that team. A uh, very unselfish team. But I think Vanderbilt is just marginally better. And I think they're going to get the win. But I think whoever Arizona has to face here, I think they're going to handle easily. Definitely. When you get into. Um... March Madness, one of the things you look at uh, for these Cinderella teams, uh, an easy way for them to, to get back um, because they have less talent is, you know, of course, fundamentals, but three-point shooting is another thing that you always look at. Arizona is one of the best uh, at defending uh, at the three-point line. Their opponents only hitting 32% uh, during the season this year. Uh, they guard very well at the line. Um, so definitely going to be something to look uh, for in, in the matchup. Whoever they end up playing, uh, Wichita State or Vandy. Next matchup, here's the three-seed Miami uh, and the 14-seed Buffalo. Miami didn't make it last year uh, to the big dance, and they say that's motivation for this season. Uh, what do you think about their odds winning this game over Buffalo? Uh, I think their odds are very, very big. they got, like, what, four or five guys who average more than 10 points a game, which doesn't seem like a lot, but obviously that's a huge, huge help. Uh, they're not bad behind the three. They could be probably a little better, and they play really, really solid defense, so I think they have a really good chance of getting out of here with the W. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, another instance where the, the gap's pretty wide uh, between t- these two teams. Uh, I like the way that Miami's played this year. I actually got to catch a couple of their games. Um you know, and and Buffalo uh, getting out to a, a twenty and fourteen season and on a very weak conference. Miami went twenty five and seven uh, in one of the toughest conferences, in my opinion, second toughest conference. Um, RPI rank of eight for Miami, ninety one for Buffalo. So it just shows you, you know, the, the difference between these two teams. Um, you know, I think Jim Larenga's team here is going to end up getting past Buffalo uh, pretty easily. It would shock me to see that be much of a game. Moving on to the uh, 7-10 game here uh, with a 7-seed uh, Temple, the 10-seed. You talked about this game a little bit. Um, 
uh, you know, could could get interesting. You have uh, Iowa as a sleeper team moving forward. Do you think that, uh, you know, Temple could pull the upset here, or think that uh, Iowa's going to move on from this? Anything's possible, but I think Iowa moves on. I know they've lost like six out of the last eight games, but I think they're going to fix that up, clean it up, and like I said, I, they're one of my sleepers for this tournament. I think they're highly underranked. And I can understand why they're there, but I think Iowa shouldn't have any problem. But Temple's a very, very good team. They play really, really solid defense. I just think offensively they're probably not strong enough to get past Iowa. Yeah, this is uh, tough. Right now the current head coach at Temple, um, Fran Dum- or Dumfrey, is uh, thir- or 3 for 15 in the NCAA tournament. So... Doesn't have a good history. Uh, they um, they take care of the basketball. Uh, uh, Iowa does. Temple, that seems to be a problem for them. So if Temple wants to win this game, going to have to take care of the basketball. On the other hand, at the very late in the season, Iowa's defense has started to crumble. Um, so you're going to be able to see them uh, take it or hopefully take advantage of that if you're a, a Temple fan. Uh, that'd be a key to victory, and then the two seed versus the fifteen seed, Villanova, Villanova, and uh, North Carolina uh, Ashbury. What do you think about this? Do you think they have a chance at all at, at taking over uh, Villanova? No, I'm a, honestly I can't make it simple enough. Nova was sixteen and two in their conference, and. NC Asheville didn't play one team in the top 25, so I just don't think I don't I don't see anything but Nova happening here. Yeah, this is a team that, um, believe it or not, has no no one on their team that's taller than six six uh, that that's in their their top ten of the rotation. Uh, so that's going to be really tough. Uh, taking on teams, especially uh, Villanova. The heights, I think, is going to be very hard for them to stay in the game. I think they're going to have to, uh, you know, rely on going deep, and this Villanova team plays really good on the arc. Uh, So, definitely going to be hard for them uh, to stick with uh, Villanova here. I think that was an easy victory for Nova. Um, We're going to move on to the West here. In the West, you have the number one seed, Oregon. Uh, and the, the rest of the top six is Oklahoma, Texas, A&M, Duke, Baylor, Texas. Uh, so, a talented squad here. Uh, not quite as much as what we saw in the South, in my opinion, at least. Um, who would you say here? Uh, uh, Oregon, uh, you know, you do see some talent outside of that. I think Oregon is the weakest, probably, of the number one seeds um, with UNC, Virginia, uh, of course, Kansas being the other ones. So, But there are some other teams in here that could make a run for it. Who would you say um, is the front runner, and who would you pick as your uh, your sleeper in this bracket? Are you there, Amos? All right. 
uh, can get Amos here. We'll get him back as soon as we can. Talking about this, though, I think right now uh, I have Oklahoma as actually the front runner over um, Oregon. This Oregon team just hasn't been impressive, as impressive to me. Oklahoma, very tough school that comes out of a very tough conference. Uh, as far as my sleeper uh, for this conference goes, I can see J- St. Joe's uh, putting up a good performance. Uh, this Northern Iowa team uh, is no joke. They can play. Uh, VCU is another one of those teams, um, uh, you know, just like uh, Wichita State that I was talking about has a lot of experience. A lot of these guys have played in three or four um, I. NCAA tournaments, so they have that kind of experience. Uh, Amos, you're back with us now, correct? Yeah, sorry. You, I'm having technical difficulties tonight. <laughs> it's all right. Who would you have here as your front runner from the south, or from the west and, and your uh, sleeper pick for the west? Oh, man. I actually like Oregon a lot in this. I they they had such a good regular season. They were five and zero against top twenty five teams, and I think that's a huge for them. Their confidence is high. No matter who they play against, they're going to be able to think they can win. I think they're the best team in the West right now. I think sleeper wise, Duke at number four to me is a little strange, but their team is always dangerous. I think Oregon State though. I I don't know how if. Uh, I don't know if they would be able to make it to the Final Four, but I think they play solid defense. Uh, their offense could probably get a little better. They played it, you know, they had a decent season. It wasn't something that was terrible, 19 and 12. Obviously, they're in the 1 and 4 against teams in the top 25, but they do. They play solid defense, need to work a little bit on the offense, but I think they're a team that if they pull it together, but that's a huge if, if they could do very well. But other than that, I don't know. I think Duke would probably be my pick, but it's Duke, and I just didn't want to go that way. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> there are a couple teams in here that definitely could make a run. You know, Texas A&M's got a, a quality team. Oklahoma, as I mentioned. Uh, Northern Iowa. Baylor could, it puts up numbers. St. Joe's. Um, so real quick, we'll go through uh, all these games real quick. Oregon, of course, takes on either Southern U or Holy Cross, the winner of that. I think that's... Of course, you know, we're, we're going to say, again, an easy win for Oregon. You would agree? Uh, all right, having more technical difficulties. The the 8-9 game, um, St. Joe's and Cincinnati, uh, this is a game that, uh, you know, definitely interesting, definitely could be tough between these two teams. Um I like St. Joe's. Cincinnati, uh, you know, plays a little bit harder of a schedule, so you not know if you're seeing the same out of, out of these two squads or not. Um, uh, but then, of course, they'll have a tough Oregon matchup after that. Uh, very tight between these two teams. I won't say uh, who I have, just because of uh, just because I don't want to. I don't want to give it away um, on here. <clears throat> but I think it could be a tight matchup. Uh, number five, Baylor. Number twelve, Yale. This is a tough one. We see five twelves uh, play every year. Uh, you know, every now and again, you see one win. 
Uh, Yale has a tough road ahead of them if they want to take on Baylor. You know, Baylor coming from the very tough Big 12. Uh, they did play some good basketball this season. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't see a team like Yale being able to stay with them. Amos, are you back here? Having more technical difficulties. Sorry, everybody listening for this. Uh, Baylor, as I mentioned, though, only 2-9 and nine against top 25 opponents. Uh, Yale, 0-2. Oh so uh, neither of them fared fairly well against, um, you know, top guys here. But I think you're going to see uh, Rico Gaithers, you know, 6'8", 275-pound senior, uh, lead this team. I think that Yale won't have an answer for that kind of size, that kind of power. Um, and they're going to be able to, to get a victory here in the South. Moving on to the next matchup, number four, Duke, number 13, uh, North, University of North Carolina, Wilmington, um, another UNC school uh, making it here. Um, uh, you know, they come in with an, uh, Duke comes in a 23-10 season where we saw them drop out of the top 25 for the first time in a very, very long time. Uh, taking on this team from, you know, just down the road from them, uh, it'll be hard for this UNC Wilmington team to stay with them. Amos, are you finally back now? <laughs> yeah, I just ran a speed test and everything. Everything's fine. I have no idea what's going on. Something's not right with my stuff. As far as... Duke and North Carolina Wilmington. I gotta go with Duke. Uh, third, I mean, obviously, I know they lost North Carolina in the second game, but the first game basically played with five people, played an excellent game. The kids showed a lot. They can fight. They even dropped out of the top twenty-five, fought their way back in. I think their team like, is absolutely dangerous, and obviously, always dangerous under Coach K. Yeah, I agree. You know, this is a team. I mean, we're talking about the defending champions coming in in a four seed. So there's always that, um, you know, that toughness that that you know you're going to look at. Um, then that, you know, as we've talked about, the experience that does make a big difference. Um, it, they uh, they do face a team that does shoot well from. Uh, that does shoot well from three range, which is something that could hurt them. I, I don't see the, the the upset being pulled here, though. But we'll go to the six eleven Texas and UNI. Uh, very interesting matchup here. I think um, this was one of the most common upset picks on ESPN. Uh, from what I saw earlier today, when I was doing a little bit of research for the show. They said it was a very common upset pick. Um, uh, what do you think about this matchup, Amos? You know, this is one that I, I like. I like a lot. I think this is going to be a very, very good game. Northern Iowa obviously did very, very good season. Twenty and two, twenty-two and twelve. They were fourth in their conference. They were three in a row against top twenty-five teams. And on the other hand, in the, the I think the thing actually back to Northern Iowa real quick. The six under sixty three points allowed and per game, and I, I just thought that was absolutely great defense for a, a team that's in eleven seed. As far as Texas, I like their experience. They played top twenty five teams thirteen times, and yeah, they only won six. They lost seven, obviously, but 
they're another team that plays good defense. I think their offense is a little better. I think it's an absolutely great game. I get and I can absolutely see why it's an upset pick. It was it would not surprise me at all. Yeah, this is a team that plays uh, very well. This UNI team, um, <clears throat> you know, they have uh, West Washburn, uh, Washburn, but who is the leading scorer and leading uh, assists, uh, leading the team in assists. He's a Tennessee transfer. Uh, this kid's been playing really good. If you haven't gotten to watch, I've only gotten to see a little bit of you and I play this year, uh, but he's absolutely uh, great. And he just hit, um, you know, uh, a buzzer beater uh, uh, in the Missouri Finally Valley uh, tournament final. Hit a buzzer beater to win that game for his team. Something interesting to me, though. Um, that I noticed earlier today, Texas six and seven against top twenty-five teams. You and I two and zero. Oh. So even though you and I hadn't gotten to play a lot of talent, uh, when they do, they win. Um, Texas, of course, has a had a daunting schedule this year. I mean, you think back that they play Kansas twice, um, Oklahoma twice, um, Baylor twice, West Virginia twice, Texas Tech twice. I mean, what a tough schedule that they have playing out there. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely going to watch this game. Texas is on the upset watch. We'll see what happens with that game on uh, on Friday. Moving on to the next one here: Texas A and M and Green Bay. Uh, do you think that you know maybe some Packer Aaron Rodgers luck uh, rubs off on this team, or you think Texas A and M pretty much has this one wrapped up? I would say A&M pretty much has this one wrapped up. They play great defense. Their offense is also just as solid. they got a lot of good good, good uh, players in the middle on that. They're not bad from outside. But you, and great, poor Green Bay to go up against a team like Texas A&M. Like, I feel so bad for them. Now, they're, now, Green Bay's offense is actually really, really solid. They played a lot better than what I thought they had during the season. I would never guess what their average is. But they give up just as much on defense, and I think A&M is going to really exploit that. Um, this is going to be a fun matchup, I, I think, because Texas A&M is uh, among some one of the best defenses in uh, in this bracket, uh, regardless of seeding. Um, you know, they really force turnovers well. Uh, they force teams into bad decisions. Green Bay. It's uh, the Green Bay Phoenix is the highest scoring team uh, in the tournament. So you know a very good defense uh, facing a very good offense. This Phoenix team scoring 84.2 points a game. Uh, of course, they didn't play anybody in, inside of the top 25, so those numbers uh, skewed a little bit. But it'll be, be an interesting matchup here. Uh, they're not really on a heavy upset watch for me, but definitely a game I think I'm going to check out. Uh, could get interesting. Next game here, you got uh, Oregon State uh, Beavers versus uh, Virginia Commonwealth. An interesting game here because this is a seven five or seven ten matchup. Oregon State, the seven seed, but um, on Yahoo I noticed this, and on ESPN as I was filling out brackets today, VCU was the most popular pick in this matchup believe it or not yeah no i mean like it doesn't surprise me but oregon state has just like texas man they've had it they've had a tough tough schedule playing in the uh conference pac-12 and they just 
I like VCU. Uh, I know a lot of people, they're all, they always seem to be an upset pick because the run that they made in 2011. But I read somewhere earlier that they've only won two games since that in the tournament, since, what, 2011? And I just think Oregon, with their experience, the beatings, some of the beatings that they've taken this year, and I think they're going to go in there with something to prove. I don't know how far they'll go, like I said, but I think that they should have this one pretty well. But it doesn't surprise me, BCU is the upset pick. I think they're, I think people fell in love with them in 2011, and every time they see them, especially going against a little higher seed like Oregon State, I think there's something that people like want to fall back in love with again. I absolutely love this matchup. Uh, the Beavers haven't been here since 1990. It's their first uh, time in the big dance in quite some time. You said it. They did have a really tough schedule um, uh, that they had to face this year. Ended up going 3-5 and five against teams in the top 25. Uh, had a, a very tough schedule. Um, you know, And they're led by Gary Payton II, a name that anybody who's familiar with basketball will recognize. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, this team, not a great at rebounding, not a great free-throw shooting team. On the other side of the ball, you have VCU. They do have the, a lot of experience here. Uh, even though they don't have Shaka Smart, they're still running, you know, that full-court press, causing a lot of uh, turnovers, a lot of problems there. Uh, so I think that you're going to see... You know that be a problem. I think that has led to a lot of VCU success. I've talked about it with West Virginia. I've talked about it with Texas. It's hard to prepare for teams that run this style of press um, because you don't have a lot of time to prepare for it. Uh, so it's interesting what happens uh, in that matchup. Definitely a game to look out for. Last one here: the two seed versus the fifteen seed. Uh, this is Oklahoma versus uh, Cal Baker. Um, <clears throat> This one, I'm just going to be honest, this might as well be a one-seed, 16-seed game. Uh, Oklahoma's a very talented team. They're one of, if not the best, uh, two-seed in, in this bracket, in my opinion. Uh, I don't see them even make it. I don't see this game even being close uh, to being kind of close uh, to almost being close. <laughs> It probably won't be, but Cal Baker still plays very, very good defense. They're just not any good on offense, which would obviously be the biggest concern. Like you said, very talented team. Also a team that plays very, very good defense. They're eight against top 25 teams this year. And they're probably way too tough. You're probably right. Probably won't be much of a game, but Baker still sticks around late in that second half, man. It it could be an interesting one to watch. It'll be interesting because Oklahoma. Uh, it'll be see what, interesting to see what uh, what kind of plan they go with because Oklahoma, when they do not shoot well from deep, they they tend to struggle. Um, you know, this team kind of lives and dies by the three pointer. But since this is a team that they kind of outclass, uh, maybe that they'll try to take it more inside more often. Um, of course, they have Buddy Heald, who you know could be um, the Wooden Award winner, as we'll find out later. Um, now we're going to move on here to the east side. Uh, of course, UNC, your number one seed, uh, rounding out your top six here. Xavier, West Virginia, the three seed, Kentucky, the four, Indiana at five, Notre Dame at six. Uh, in my opinion, I'm going to go ahead and say I think this is, the east is the most stacked, um, 
uh, section of the entire bracket. Kentucky, being a four seed, is kind of ludicrous to me. Uh, Xavier, an outstanding team. West Virginia running that uh, that press that we talked about, and I don't think anybody does it better than West Virginia does this year. Uh, very hard to contend with. Uh, Indiana, you know, had a, a great showing. You know, they're uh, one of the top teams coming out of the Big Twelve, or I mean, the Big Ten. Uh, I, I think they got underrated at five. Notre Dame a solid team. There's a lot of talent in this side of the bracket, especially at the top teams. Uh, who would you say is one of your front runners and, and an, a sleeper in this uh, in this side of the bracket? I'm gonna say uh, one of my front runners. Obviously, everybody knows North Carolina, but I'm gonna go with Xavier. They're uh, I've been there a couple of times and not watched a game, but they're always a team that very very tough in basketball and living in the area you hear about them here about Cincinnati playing in the Big East very tough conference I, I like Xavier a lot I did was able to catch a few of their games this year and their team that impressed me played very very well uh, great great team atmosphere some chemistry and I know they're a team that can put up some points and they play really really good defense especially being in that Big East you know that's a thing that's going to have to be required and I think their team to look out for as a front runner and for my sleeper i'm gonna go with the homer pick and i'm going with the irish they do have the ability to put up points i know they're ranked 10th in offensive efficiency the fact is they just can't stop anybody who, who puts them a uh, fight up with them i know they had a win a pretty quality win against duke earlier in the season when duke got back in the 25 and started to climb and but i like their name they never i don't think they had a winning streak bigger than like four or five games at a time and I just like I said I like them a lot they're my homer pick for a sleeper but I I would love it but I'd be surprised um got some solid picks there uh I'm gonna go actually with the three seed here West Virginia I'm also going with the homer pick uh this press <laughs> this press uh, VCU showed year after year it is hard to deal with you don't have a lot of time uh, to work on it. You don't have a lot of time to, to get ready for this press. Um, this team, you know, great at capitalizing on turnovers. Uh, they're the best offensive rebounding team in the country, but they have to be able to do those things. They have to be able to, to get the offensive rebounds. They have to be able to force you into turnovers uh, because this is not a team that's going to shoot great. This is a team that's going to shoot 32%, uh, watch you shoot 45%, but still beat you because they had, you know, uh, 20 more chances than you did, uh, from the field. So, um, West Virginia, uh, you know, they do have a lot, a lot of talent on that team, just not a great shooting team, but if they force you into making mistakes, um, it is a very hard team to stick with. Uh, as for my sleeper, um, I'm going to go uh, Indiana as a light sleeper. I think they have a really talented team. Kentucky is another one that could be there. Um, but Pittsburgh, a lot of people overlooking them because of the record. But this is a team that came out of the, the ACC, which is uh, a very tough basketball conference. Um, you know, they have – they're the 10 seed here. They have the uh, Wisconsin as the 7 seed at first. Um who really, I mean, Wisconsin sets RP rank of 40, Pitt at 49, uh, BPI 36 and 42 comparatively, uh, but Pitt won an extra game than Wisconsin did, even though I think their uh, schedule's 
tougher. They play in a, a much tougher conference. So, uh, you know, Pitt ended up looking the better team at, at times. This Pitt team uh, beat Duke earlier in the season. Uh, they are a team that beat uh, Notre Dame earlier this year. So, the, the, you know, when they play well, they can uh, end up pulling off some stuff. It'll be interesting to watch them. Before we break down every game for you real quick, we are actually going to uh, do a quick commercial break here and get right back to this show. Uh, so thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Hey, it's your boy Westdog from the GF6 Show reminding you to check us out every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time only on AlienXRadio.com. Quick shout-out to the crew over at the Free Parking Show. Shout-out! That's the GF6 Show. Blow it up! Thanks, uh, thanks for listening to that. Um, we're back with the show here. We're going to go over every game here in, in the East. Uh, thanks to the, the GF6 show um, for their sponsoring of the show tonight. Uh, first, we're just going to skip over NC real quick. Uh, they're going to play uh, golf, Florida Gulf Coast. I think an easy win here. Uh, 16 seed, of course, as I've already said. It's never beaten a one seed. So we'll move on here. UFC Providence. I think this is an interesting matchup. Uh, what do you think about this one, Amos? I agree. I also think it's a very interesting matchup. Uh, they both didn't do overly well against top 25 teams. I think this game is probably going to be It's going to be a good offense against a really, really good defense. I, In my mind, I have who I think is going to win, but I think it could be close. I think it could be end up being a gap from one team kind of taking a lead and just running with it. But I, it's another 8-9 uh, seed, real close. I, it should be really, really good, but for some reason I have a feeling that it's not going to be. Yeah, this is uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they do this year. Two teams uh, that I think have, you know, so- solid, just not great. They really, both of them did very poor as you touched on, against uh, top 25 teams, a combined one for 13. You know, Providence, uh, the only one to get a win, and that was against Villanova earlier in the season. So, um, very tough, uh, you know, to see either of these teams making a big run with what they've struggled. Uh, you know, and then the whoever wins their next game, they're going to take... Uh, on UNC in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, probably not a great feeling for either team that gets there. Um, <clears throat> I will say about this, Providence really needs to keep their two guys uh, in the game. That's Ben, uh, ben Till and, and Chris Dunn. They're really like a two-man team here. You lose one of these guys, the wheels are definitely coming definitely coming off. Um uh, as for USC, I think they do spread it around a little bit better. Uh, Jordan, uh, McLaughlin, obviously the their best talent, but I think that they have a little bit more depth. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean I'm picking USC. I think that uh, this definitely want to bounce back and forth for them for a while. Because um, Providence, if they have those two guys play well, uh, then they could easily beat USC. 
So definitely a tough one there to call. Moving on to the next one here, Indiana Chattanooga. Um, this one was, I've seen a lot of people call this uh, their upset pick. Uh, an upset pick for the 512. Uh, however, I'm disagreeing here. I, I just I like this Indiana team. I don't think they're getting enough credit. Um, <clears throat> they have uh, some really great wins this season. Really, only they have two uh, pretty bad losses. You know, the 19 points to Michigan State, 20 points to Duke. Uh, but this team beat Maryland, who I, a Maryland team I have a lot of respect for. They beat Notre Dame. They have a win against Wisconsin. They beat Iowa twice. Uh, and you know they play well against on the offensive glass. Uh, they really can be spurty, but they they shoot the ball from three point well, uh, shooting over forty one percent. Um, you know I, I just think that uh, that they that they do have a good team, and that uh, people aren't quite giving them the credit. No, uh, and, and no disrespect to Chattanooga, who also has a solid team. I just think that Indiana is just in a class above them. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, not taking anything away from Chattanooga, they're twenty nine and five. They always, you know, they play well in offense. They play very good defense. But I think Indiana, they're Big Ten, or yeah, they're Big Ten champs. And like you mentioned, the forty one over forty one percent from. Uh, Three point, they're fifty percent from the field. Like this is a very, very good shooting team that plays a very, very good that plays very good defense. I know they're a five seed, uh, but you know we talked about sleepers earlier, and like you said, they're probably a soft sleeper. But their team that is extremely dangerous, and I, I, I don't know why this would be like another upset pick. Like you said, I it just doesn't it doesn't make much sense to me. All right, moving on to the next one here, Kentucky versus Stony Brook. Um, <clears throat> this is what I was talking about earlier, Amos, where I think that Kentucky, uh, it's highway robbery that this team is, is rated this low. You know, they're a constant. They're here every year. Uh, you know, when you hear the words March Madness in the back of your mind, you hear, you know, Duke, Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> they're a really, uh, really great team. Calipari always has his guys in the mix. Um and you see, look at the quality wins against Duke, against Louisville. They went one and one with Texas A&M. Uh, they were very dominant with inside their conference, uh, two and two against top twenty-five teams. Um, Stony Brook didn't play a top twenty-five team this year. I think that it, it, they're going to end up starting to move forward. You know, you also got to remember this UK team is very, very young. Uh, so they want, maybe they start clicking, start making things move. Um, and, and just interesting fact, they're actually, uh, according to what I saw earlier, I don't know if they've changed or how much they've changed, but at Vegas odds, they were actually uh, this, I think, sixth uh, most likely team to win based off of Vegas odds. So that's interesting being a four seed. Yeah. Now, see, here's my thing: is Kentucky is a very, very tough team. I like Calipari. They're a very young team, like you said. Calipari brings in a whole lot of talent. They just don't stay very long. But I think this game, if they kind of sleep on Stony Brook, can be very, very tough for them. Stony Brook plays very good offense. They play really, really good defense. I, I think they're a team that can be dangerous if Kentucky goes in there sleeping on them. But like you said, I, I think Kentucky is a very, very high. I agree, it's highway robbery. It's their number four. They're a very, very good team. 
and I think they have a chance to make a very, very deep run. Uh, next game here, we have uh, your Notre Dame Fighting Irish taking on either Michigan or Tulsa, whoever wins the game that will be on tomorrow night. Um, Fighting Irish, uh, you know, it all starts with the guards, I think, with this team. Uh, Jackson, Vestura, uh, both really good, both averaging uh, 15 and 12 points a game right now, respectively. Um, and this this team... <clears throat> uh, you know, really, really has a great backcourt. I think it's led to a lot of their success. I do think, you know, I, as I said, Michigan uh, is who I picked to win. I think that they're going to end up beating Tulsa. Tulsa was one of the one, last teams to make the bracket. Um, Michigan could end up surprising them. Uh, if Tulsa ends up winning that game, I think I'd be more surprised to see the, uh, them make it. But if they do, I wouldn't be, wouldn't call this, uh, you know, uh, a possible. Um, upset, but I am going to call this a, a possible upset. Michigan, I'm not going to say for sure if I think it's an upset or not, but I definitely think it's like an upset alert. Definitely something you got to look at here. Uh, you know, don't be quick to write down Notre Dame. Take a second look at it. Uh, but they do have a really strong Brad court, which is going to help them a lot <clears throat> in Notre Dame. Yeah, they do. The problem is, is being like their top three guys and getting beaten. They don't really have much depth, and their defense has been suspect. They can put up a lot of very – they can have offensive explosions at any time, which is something that they've done frequently throughout the season. But, listen, if they're going against Tulsa, I'd pick Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame is just Tulsa, especially, like you mentioned, them being one of the last teams in the tournament. Michigan, Michigan, how can I root, How can I pick Michigan over Notre Dame? It's just – that would be blasphemy, man, and I just – I can't do it. So I am going with Notre Dame. Um, uh, moving on, sorry, went brain dead there for a second. The three seed West Virginia, 14 seed uh, Stephen F. Austin here. Um, of course, you know, you see the seed difference here. You're automatically thinking West Virginia. I told him to you guys earlier, I think this is a team that could end up running with the East. Uh, but I wouldn't be so quick. Uh, Stephen F., F. Austin does, their head coach is a former West Virginia assistant. Uh, you know, he knows how they work, how they operate. Uh, uh, SFA plays a similar style of basketball that West Virginia has, um, and they have quality players. Um, you know, they do have some quality on that team. So I don't think West Virginia is going to just run away with this. I think Coach Huggins is going to make sure that – are going to have to make sure that this team's focused uh, and, you know, not looking ahead in the bracket because – uh, Stephen F. Austin does have a quality team, but I think West Virginia is going to be able to get past them here. Yeah, I, and <clears throat> I agree. Uh, we were what well, we did uh, one of the uh, par for the score shows a couple weeks ago, and I thought West Virginia would end up being a number one seed, but ended up at number three, second in the conference. Like you said, Big Twelve, extremely, extremely tough conference. Uh, I agree. I think Huggins got him ready to go. I think he's. I think that team overall. I think there's a lot of talent, uh, much more talent. They have. Well, I read earlier that they their top eight players all play at least 18 minutes, and no one plays more than 27. So there's always fresh legs in there and a very very solid rotation. Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, they were 18 and 0 in their conference, but you know they do. They camp up a lot of points. They play very good defense, but I think West Virginia's just got. I think they just got too much everywhere. 
The 7-10 game, Wisconsin taking on Pitt. <clears throat> um, anytime there's a 7-10 uh, game, I think, you know, the upset alert has to be on. Uh, uh, just because, you know, uh, the the second tightest seeds ca- can possibly get. This one interesting here because uh, Pitt, I think, had a, a much tougher schedule playing in, in a very tough um, ACC, uh, you know, playing teams like North Carolina, Duke, um, Virginia, Miami, Notre Dame, uh, Louisville, as we talked about. So, you know, they had a very tough road. One, one for seven against top 25 teams. Uh, in their last five games, only going five. One thing that I do really like about this uh, Panthers team, though, is uh, they rebound really, really, really well, and, and they move the ball around uh, pretty solid. They, you know, not the greatest shooting team, uh, but they get the they can, when they play well, get the basketball where they need to in order to shoot. Wisconsin, on the other hand, um, <clears throat> not a great offensive team. They don't really put light the scoreboard up either, so that gives Pitt uh, a little bit of a, uh, not an edge, I wouldn't say, because neither team shoots the ball well, but uh, an equalizer, uh, I guess is the word for it, which, which I think they could end up using to beat this team. Um, I think this is going to be a tight ball game either way. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely do think it's going to be a tight ball game. Uh, me personally, I I think Wisconsin just because of, you know, they start the season 1-4 and four after the coach retires. I can't think of his name. It just escaped me. Bo Ryan. And they so they start off against the Big Ten 1-4, and four, and then their next five games they go 4-1 and one again. Or, I'm sorry, against the top 25 teams, they start off 1-4 and four and then went 4-1 and one and I just I think they're a team that's grown up. They've learned a lot. They've gone through a lot of adversity, and I think they're going to be very tough to wear. Pitt, yes, played in the ACC, very very tough. But that one and seven record against top twenty five teams really makes me stray away from them. And I like what Wisconsin's done recently or uh, lately. You know, being able to pull themselves back together. And I just I think this is going to be a tight ball game. I think it can go either way. I just think Wisconsin's going to have a little more juice, but. It wouldn't surprise me if Pitt won either. It's been an upset pick, and they are always very, very tough. I've seen them do things that they shouldn't have done. And rounding out the East, we have Xavier taking on Weber State. Um, This Xavier team, of course, very high-ranked, very high-rated. The one thing I do not like about this team for how high they are rated is they've only taken on six top 25 teams, and they're 3-3. and Those top 25 teams are teams like Villanova, uh, Seton Hall, um, you know, USC. They have wins over uh, Cincinnati, Michigan, uh, and Providence. This is not exactly, you know, good wins, uh, but not exactly, you know, mind-blowing, not something that makes you, uh, or no, like, real, like, crazy standout wins. I do think they'll get past Weber State, but moving through the bracket, it worries me a little bit that they haven't played uh, the kind of talent we've seen a lot of these teams play, and then they they perform three and three uh, during that stretch. Weber State really, really needs uh, to rely on uh, three point shooting if they want to win here. Villanova is pretty good defensive basketball team. Uh, they and Weber State very undersized compared. I mean Xavier, excuse me. Uh, not Villanova. Xavier uh, is way bigger than Weber State. 
Uh, so they're going to have to rely on a three-point shot. Right now, Jeremy Singlin, uh, one of their star players, shooting 44.6 from three-point range. So Weber State, that's going to be uh, something that they have to do if they want to win this game is really shoot the ball from beyond the arc. Uh, but I don't see them being Xavier even, even still. So, sorry, I was looking. We're so what I'm looking at is their uh, Xavier's record again versus top twenty-five teams is six and one. Uh, six and one is. I just pulled it up. Uh, it said three for three. I'm on a uh, the Yahoo like bracket thing. It says they're six and one. Maybe I clicked on the wrong thing. Then uh, I've written down from earlier. Um. I'm looking it up right now, but uh, what do you think about this matchup? Uh, I I just, like I said earlier, Xavier is one of my teams. Like we talked about, the go all the way. I think they're very, very tough. They play very, very good offense, play very solid defense. They uh, they didn't lose to a non-conference opponent all year. Uh, they only lost. They, everyone in the Big East they played, they beat at least one time that I'm aware of. They're very, very good, 14-4 conference record finished second in the Big East, which has got a lot of very, very solid teams in it. Uh, Weber State also did very well. My thing is, no top 25. They didn't play in the top 25. They played really, really good defense. Uh, I just don't think their offense is going to be able to keep up with what Xavier has. Yeah, there is. Uh, I'm on ESPN right now. Uh, three for three in conference. I mean, three for three against top 25 opponents uh, on the season. Um... <clears throat> Is what I got here from ESPN. Uh, so maybe they're considering it uh, differently. Maybe the discrepancy could be uh, top 25 teams when the time that they played them or top 25 teams now. Um, That's very true. Uh, but nevertheless, they haven't played a lot of talented teams. You know, that Big East isn't what it used to be. They lost a lot of really uh, talented rosters. Um you know, Syracuse, uh, Pitt, West Virginia, all leaving. You know, so it's not what any UConn uh, not being the team that they used to be. It's really not uh, at all the conference it used to be. They really didn't play that tough a talent. So I want to see what they do when they get further in. Um, you know, further in they start playing these uh, teams that that come from bigger conferences. But Weber State, of course, uh, not having played anybody in the top 25, not one of those teams you got to worry about. We're going to move on to the Midwest bracket here to end out the show. Uh, your top six here are going to be number one, Virginia, number two, Michigan State, number three, Utah, number four, Iowa State, number five, Purdue, and number six, Seton Hall. Uh, so very talented teams in this side of the bracket. I do think that there's some teams uh, that could come out and surprise people. Who do you have, Amos, as your front runner and and the sleeper pick from this uh, side of the bracket? I think uh, one of my front runners definitely would be. I'm gonna go back to the Big Ten here. I'm gonna go with Michigan State. Although I feel like Michigan State's team each year you can pick on and choose, and they're always going to be a safe bet because it's so well coached. Five and or I'm sorry. They were second in the conference this year. I play very, very solid defense, very, very good defense. Offensively, they can go off as well. I think they're a team that could go all the way. And 
my sleeper pick, I'm actually, I was looking at that before. I think I'll go with Iowa State. They're a team that can put up a whole lot of numbers. Their defense concerns me a bit, but if you're outscoring everybody all the time, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but I think they're a team that can go very deep, but I, I, that defense could catch up to them. Yeah, I'm going to go with Michigan State here as uh, my front runner as well. Um, you know, during football season, you always hear us say you don't bet against the, uh, Belichick in Foxborough. We don't bet against uh, Tom Izzo in March Madness. This coach knows what he's doing here. He has a team that is shooting uh, beyond behind the arc better than uh, almost every team in the nation, and you have a player of the year candidate, uh, Denzel Valentine. You know, you have... Uh, a very talented roster, a team that passes well, a team that shoots threes, as I said, very well. Um, they could definitely make a big run in this uh, division. As for another team that I would look out for a little bit further back um, would be uh, Purdue at number five. I think that this team is a little underrated. Um then their numbers don't blow you away. It's it's a team you gotta watch to get everything. But last uh, twelve games are nine and three, and you know we're talking about the the you know Big Ten championship that kind of those kind of games. Um, they went one and one with Michigan State, a team we were just talking about. One and one with Maryland, you know, a team we talked about earlier has a very talented squad. Uh, you know, beat Wisconsin twice, beat Pittsburgh. Um, with Michigan, they. Went two and one against Michigan, uh, and even in their losses, they lost to Indiana by four. Indiana, a quality team, as we've talked about, um, they were the regular season champs of the Big Twelve, uh, and losing to Butler, who has a quality school, uh, six by six. This is a team that does plays fundamental basketball um, and has a huge front court, two seven footers on that team. So they they can cause easy matchup problems with most of the teams that they play. So Purdue's a team that I would definitely watch out for uh, moving down uh, further into the bracket. Um, Let's go here. Uh, First game here, of course, Virginia over Hampton. I think we're both going to agree there. So we'll move on to the next one, Texas Tech and and Butler. Uh, What are you seeing in this game here? What stands out to you? Butler's offense, their ability to honestly just go off whenever they need it. They finish very, very strong. They, you know, they they finished top twenty offense efficiency. I th- thought that they should be ranked a little higher, but their record against top twenty five teams, on the other hand, not very well. And another, I think this is a great matchup because Texas Tech is a very, very good team too. Even at nineteen and twelve, I think they're a team that could be dangerous uh, if they get going. That defense is solid offensively i'd like to see them do a little better i know this is their first time being here since 2007 so maybe you know if they play if they use that emotion correctly i think they could be a hard team to beat but if they let it get a hold of them on the other hand it could be just bad and they could overplay themselves yeah butler's a great offensive team uh you know they led the big 12 and three point percentage uh they're among the best in the entire nation uh at limiting turnovers they you know they don't give the ball up uh, as for Tubby Smith's group, uh, you know, offensively, they move the ball around well. They have seven players that average between 8 and 11 points. <laughs> that just tells you how well Texas Tech moves the ball around. 
It is. That's a great thing to have, uh, but it does worry you. They don't have a guy that can kind of, you know, take over a game, put the team on his shoulders. Uh, interesting matchup here. Uh, definitely a tough one to pick. It's one I went back and forth on uh, for a while before finally deciding. Moving on to the next game here. <clears throat> we have number five, Purdue, versus number 12, uh, Arkansas, Little Rock. Uh, who do you, or what, you know, stands out to you in this game, Amos? Anything of interest? Uh, probably the, how much, uh, Purdue is picked over. I, I know the name Purdue a lot, you know, football, basketball, that's the kind of thing it relates to is that name. Yes, they played very, very well. They're very, very deep in the front and they play great defense. They play really, really good offense as well. Where I think Little Rock plays just absolutely outstanding defense. They won, what, like 17 of their last 20 or something crazy like that. And I know there's probably a different, there's a whole different level of competition there, especially Purdue being in the Big Ten. But I, there, I think this could be a really, really good game. And I, and it, I think it could end up being very interesting, especially since uh, Purdue didn't do very well against top 25 teams. I know Little Rock's nowhere near there, but I think they're a team that could be be uh dangerous with that defense that they play and i think it could be fun this game uh arkansas little rock loves to run the half court i watched one of their games today because i haven't gotten to play them uh, or see them a lot so i played one of their games today uh to watch back they're really slow offense they love the half court offense um and and one of the slower teams you're gonna see uh and all of March Madness. So that could cause some problems, you know. Just It's anything that you're not used to going to be hard to prepare for. Um, although in the first round you do have more time to prepare for all of this. Uh, you know, these teams haven't played in a couple of days, if not more. Uh, so a little bit of time, you know, to get used to that. Uh, used to that style of play before they end up uh, taking each other on on Thursday. Uh, but... Purdue, I still think, you know, the better matchup here, they just, it's going to be hard, uh, I think, for any team to play inside with Purdue, you know, having the amount of size they do in that front court. Next one here, number four, Iowa State, number 13, Iona. What do you think about this, Samus? Uh, I like Iona, but I like them because they're a team that lives and dies by the three. They should almost, like... 45% 45% or something like that uh, half of their plays are three-point shots and with a team like Iowa State that scores and so efficient scoring I believe they're third in the nation Iowa's going to take advantage of that especially if Iona can't get the rebound Iowa's going to take advantage of that and it's just it's going to get real ugly real quick and I just think Iowa State is way too tough of a matchup You there, Ryan? Sorry about that. I had my mic muted. Uh, I've seen a lot of people say that this is an upset You're alert good. for four for thir- uh, four thirteen matchup. Uh, a lot of people saying, "Well, look at Iowa State; they're only in the middle of that conference." You got to remember, the Big Twelve is the cream of the crop. That is the the toughest conference in basketball um, this season. Uh, they have quality players at Iowa State. Uh, Niang is an absolute star there. Uh, 
Monte Morris, you know, a very, very great player. Uh, you know, he's an excellent passer, really sees the court. This is a team that's very uh, tough to play. Um, you know, it's it's not an easy team to get by. I, I can tell you that from personal experience uh, watching them play. You know, West Virginia did beat them t- both times that they played, but they played tough. Uh, you know, this is a team that they went one and one with Kansas. They went uh, one and two with Oklahoma. You know, they went uh, one and one with Texas. And, and it just, they played in a very tough, tough conference. Uh, but I, I don't, I see Iona, um, uh, having, or being able to pull it off. Iona is kind of one of those teams that's led by one guy, you know, AJ English, averaging 22 points a game. Um, and they're only averaging, uh, 79 points, uh, total as a team. So he's a big part of their offense. You know, if Iowa State is able to, to slow him down, it's really going to be hard for Iona, uh, to even keep this game close. Next one I have here is Seton Hall, uh, a team that I really like, actually. Seton Hall taking on another team that I'm pretty fond of, uh, Gonzaga. This one, uh, uh, very interesting. If you have the chance, and you could stay up because this is a late game. It's going to be on uh, you know, Thursday night at 9.57 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, but if you can't afford to stay up late, you don't have to get up there early next morning, uh, I would definitely uh, check this game out. Uh, what do you think about this matchup, Amos? Uh, I think this is probably the, <clears throat> from what I'm looking around and seeing, obviously one of the more closer matched up uh, matchups there is. A couple websites that I've looked at, they're 50% apiece. I think this could be an absolute great game. And I know I'm going to be staying up to watch it. The thing I do like about Seton Hall is they did win the Big East tournament. They did beat Xavier and Villanova in the tournament to, you know, be able to do that. And I like Gonzaga. I know they lost their their center at the beginning of the year, seven foot one guy. Uh, I can't think of his name, but I know they have a senior and a sophomore that average one averages 20 points, the other one averages 17 points, and they're a very very good offensive team. They're both good defense and offensive teams. Uh, this is so close. I think it's going to be – this may be the best game out of the – just the you know round of 64, but I think this is going to be a very solid and fun game. And I, I can see multiple overtimes in the future of this one. Yeah, uh, Seton Hall really kind of uh, came on there at the end. Both these teams went 10-2 and two in their last 12 games. Seton Hall came out and, you know, beat – just like you said, Xavier and Villanova end up taking a Big East title. Um, that's very impressive. Not something that's very easy to do. Uh, you know, they show they have that upset mentality. Uh, taking on Gonzaga, and really, it surprises me that this is a six eleven matchup uh, because this looks and feels like an eight nine matchup. As you said, so evenly matched. Gonzaga. Um, you know, this is not quite the season that they're used to uh, needing to get. Uh, a WCC title in in order to make it uh, for sure and not be a bubble team. Um, although the one thing that really sticks out to me uh, is losing their in, their center to a season-ending injury, uh, Karnowski. Um, you know that that's hurt the team on offense and on defense. Uh, something to look for in this game. Uh, and Seton Hall is really playing. They're, they got hot at the right time. They're playing their best basketball right now. Uh, you know, 
definitely one of the teams I'd watch for. Uh, I have a lot. I've seen a lot of people taking uh, Seton Hall really deep in, in this game uh, or into the March Madness uh, because of how hot they got there late or as of late. Um, number three, Utah taking on number fourteen, Fresno State. <clears throat> Uh, a, an interesting matchup here, I think, because these two teams are a little bit closer than I would that you normally see for uh, three and fourteen, but still Utah with a pretty strong uh, uh, favorites here, wouldn't you say, Amos? Yeah, I agree. I believe that uh, Oregon beat them in the Pac-12 championship, but they're still a team that went in there, went in nine of what its last eleven or twelve games. And I think they have a lot of momentum on their side. Basically, there's, like you said, this is a very, very close game on paper. Uh, I think the one thing for Utah is staying out of foul trouble. And I think the thing for Fresno uh, Fresno State is getting Marvel Harris going. And uh, another one that could be really, really good, very, very close. But I think uh, Utah ended up just getting the best out of here. But then again, you know, Fresno State, I don't know if you've seen that Derek Carr picked them to win the national championship. But, you know, maybe he sees something we don't. Um, Fresno State, I was impressed. Uh, you know, uh, I think you touched on this. 11 for, or I mean, 11 and 1 in their last 12. They're really, really hot right now. Uh, Marvell Harris torching right now, 20 points a game. Um, <clears throat> uh, winning nine straight. Uh, the very hot team coming in here. Definitely looking for an upset. Uh, for Utah, very good team. You know, this is a team that is nine and three in their last twelve games. Uh, they did get decimated by Oregon in that Pac-12 title game. For anybody that watched that, that was hard to watch. Um, but you know, they do have uh, Poitli. You know, a big seven-footer. They do play the ball uh, pretty well. I mean, he's almost averaging a double-double himself uh, with seventeen point eight points, nine point one rebounds. Uh, so still a really good team in Utah, but this Fresno State team uh, is really hungry. Um, uh, has been playing excellent basketball as of late, but has been playing the talent level that they're going to see at, at Utah um, for that matchup. Moving on to the next one here, number seven Dayton, number ten Syracuse. Um, two teams that I think are going to match up for uh, pretty interesting here. What do you see in this one, Amos? Yeah, no, I agree. Now, I live like 35, 40 minutes from Dayton, and everyone there is absolutely very, very much pumped about every, what's about to go down. It's really bringing everybody alive there, and I think uh, they're going to have a lot of hometown energy, hopefully get getting to them in one way or the other. And where Syracuse also, you know, they're a team that's been there, and they seem to always be in the mix I know this year last couple of years obviously a little some down years with everything going on there but I trust the coaching I think they'll have them somewhat ready at least for one maybe two games I think this is going to be a very very good game it's no one's very close when being picked uh, I think I go either way so I'm interesting interested to see what happens and this is one where every time I look at it I want to flip-flop but I'm just kind of trying to stay with what I have and hope it works out
I believe you're on mute, sir. <laughs> Sorry about that. Doing it again. Uh, but I, <laughs> I did my bracket on uh, Yahoo for the show, and then I went down and I wrote it all uh, down on a you know printable bracket so I could you know take it with me and check off. And you know, so anytime I'm not you know glued to my computer or you know stuck on my phone, I'm really like old school. I, I hate being on my phone and stuff all the time. So I wrote it all out. And as I was writing it out, I was like, no, I'll go change back. I'll change this pick. I'll change this pick. This game, I changed back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It was a hard one to call for me. Um, Dayton is a really good team, uh, but 0-3 against top 25 teams. Syracuse, 2 for 5, which is not much better, but at least getting a win. Syracuse only 9-9 and in the conference. They're losing... Uh, five out of their last six games, um, but they have Jim Beheim, uh, or Jim Boheim, who's really good. They really, really play well against the outside shot, which is something that Dayton is going to want to do uh, in this game. <clears throat> um, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's it, it's an interesting matchup here. It's a very hard one to choose. I think you look at it just straight numbers, uh, you know, it, it, Dayton kind of pops out to you, and you're like, oh, well, it's obviously them. But you start looking at it, and it's a lot closer uh, than a lot of the numbers show. Um, definitely an interesting matchup. Uh, one of the harder ones to pick, I thought. Moving on to the next one here, Michigan State versus Middle Tennessee. Uh, I think we're going to both agree here, an easy one. And no offense to Tennessee State, uh, this is a quality team. You know they they just uh, they don't, haven't gotten uh, to play anybody in the top twenty-five. But when they the, against the people they have played against, they've played great. They're the most accurate three-point shooter in uh, all of the nation, shooting fifty-three. I mean fifty-point-three percent, uh, which is really good. Which uh, I mean it's that's impressive. It's just unbelievable. You're shooting better than half of your three-pointers are going in. Uh, but Michigan State plays amazing, amazing defense. You're not going to shoot 50% uh, from behind the arc from them. You're not going to shoot uh, 50% anywhere on the floor for Michigan State. They're just too good of a, of a defensive team. You know, Tom Izzo's been here 100 times, and uh, and it really shows in these Michigan State teams uh, that they really play well. And <clears throat> And I think that it's going to be an easy to take down or Middle Tennessee State. What do you think, Amos? Yeah, I agree. And like you brought up, Middle Tennessee has Potts, who shoots fifty point three percent, but the Spartans overall led the nation shooting in threes at forty three and a half. So that's something right there that sticks out to you. And just amazing, like you said, amazing, amazing defense. And once again, uh, to repeat, just, you know, no offense to Middle Tennessee State at all. Had a very, very good year. Obviously, their team deserves to be there. They won the Conference USA Tournament for the absolute first time. So they're having a very good season. And all I can do is wish the best of luck to them because they're about to run into a very, very tough matchup. Oh, yeah, I I agree. Um so before we get off here, real quick, uh, you have your final four. I have my final four. We're not going to tell you all of our picks leading up, but uh, we will because we're doing the, the bracket challenge, but we will lay out our final four here. I'll go first. <clears throat> uh, only one. I have one one seed, uh, two two seeds, and one three seed in my final four. 
uh, with Kansas, Oklahoma, Michigan State, uh, and West Virginia in the Final Four. Kansas and Michigan State moving on to the final and Kansas winning it all. Um, who do you have your Final Four? Uh, I have Kansas, Texas A&M. My page, oh, sorry about that. Michigan State, and then I have North Carolina. Yeah, and you know, I definitely thought about uh, Texas A&M. Definitely one that that popped out to me uh, as well. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's always, it always is. It's always uh, great to see. Uh, you know, some of these smaller teams win, which I'm sure we'll see. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun watching every all of you who uh you know lose to me in the bracket challenge is going to be also something i'm looking for <laughs> absolutely uh, i'm ready for the games to get going and i'm ready to uh, put myself in history of free parking for the first bracket playoff yeah you know me and amos love to compete uh we did the the fan duel uh all football season long i think we both missed it getting to compete against each other every week uh and, absolutely and getting the the competition here especially getting peter and amos involved uh plus a lot of the people I, I said last night we got a lot of people from uh around the show that you've heard on the show before uh you know chris fetter who came on the show one time andrew weidman uh ashley anderson who's going to be on the show next week um my little brother Corey, uh, who's going to be on the show actually tomorrow night. Um, tons of guys that you've heard before. Uh, I'm trying to talk Mitch into doing one, even though Mitch hates basketball. Uh, you know, a, a lot of a lot of uh, people that you've heard on the show and around the show uh, are really uh, excited to do this. Uh, a lot of fans have signed up. Going to have a good, and you know, we have a lot of great prizes. So again, to do that. <clears throat> All you got to do is go to Yahoo, uh, their March Madness section, uh, and it just, you can uh, click a button that says join private group, or set up as a private group. Uh, the ID number is 131581, uh, again that's 131581, and then the password is free parking, uh, that's P A. R R K I N G, all one word, all lowercase, uh, is the password. If you're having any trouble at all uh, logging in, getting it to work, email uh, us at uh, you know free parking, all, all lowercase, same way, F R E E P A R R K I N G. Email us there, uh, and I can just send an email invite to you directly if you're having any trouble uh, logging into the challenge. Want to make sure everybody can get on, have a ton uh, of cool prizes, and, you know, we're getting more uh, every day here. Um, We're not going to have any set prizes. I think this is the idea we're going to go with is we're going to lay out all the prizes, what they are, and then first place uh, is going to be able to pick uh, which of those prizes they want, uh, second place which prizes they want, and and so on and so forth down the list. which I think is the best way to do it for us. Um, uh, Absolutely. But, you know, now you know what a, a little bit of what our brackets look like, so you know what the gold standard is here. Uh, definitely looking forward <laughs> uh, to playing against everybody. Uh, be sure to sign up. The deadline is uh, noon 
or 15 minutes after noon on March 17th. Uh, that's Eastern Time, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so get your bracket in before then, or you won't be able to do it. And it's a progressive scoring, so round one counts as one point for each win. Round two is two points. Uh, round three, three points, four, and so on. So you, you know the championship game, the winner is worth six points. Uh, so you know that makes it a little bit more interesting. Uh, you know you have to go deep in this one. Uh, but that's all we have for you tonight. Thanks for listening. Thank you uh, to GF6 for you know the ad that we heard earlier in the show. Um, be sure to tune in tomorrow night. My little brother's going to be on the Par for the Scores show, as always we do on Wednesdays. Uh, <clears throat> funny kid and uh, a big trash talker. Me and him have been going back and forth pretty hard. And then Thursday, <laughs> uh, we're going to do another, you know, we're going to recap all of the action that happened that Thursday from March Madness. And then Friday, of course, you have the, um, you have the free-for-all show uh, with rich and peter so thanks everybody for listening tonight uh good luck with your brackets be sure to to tune in tomorrow night good night guys have a good night thanks for listening to the free parking show to hear the boys live tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m eastern 